0: Think about this last year. A lot happens in a year. I feel like 2017, a lot happened. Uh, It was very packed. It wasn't a a boring year, amen, uh, by any means uh, for a lot of people. I know both. we have two married couples that uh, spent Christmas in the hospital uh, with uh, Tim's surgery as well as um, uh, Charlie and Heidi. Um, And we are really grateful to Lindsay and all the other sisters and brothers that Uh, supported us, supported them through meals, really, Uh, I just want to say thank you so much to to you guys, all the uh, love that you sent, it it just means so much, Uh, you don't have to think about that stuff, Um, and you go through that, as well as, um, yeah, I mean, you know, even just Charlie, I was talking to him at the hospital, seeing little Elnor, I was like, this is quite a year for you, man, you had, you got married, and you had a baby, (laughs) I don't know if there's a lot of people that can say that I did all that in one year, and you got a new job. I'm like, wow, man, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, but uh, I know uh, life is great, because it's full of, of a lot of adventures, and uh, even in the church, so much has happened. So many people have come to Christ, and I know we're a little skinny today, but uh, a lot of people are just all over the place, traveling, doing different things. I'm excited for 2018. Um, Let's start off with a prayer. This is going to be a little different of a sermon than my normal sermon. So if you're visiting, uh, we usually you know, go through a text. So we're going to jump around a little bit today, but I'm hoping that it will come through in a powerful way. And I hope that if you can take notes, uh, that will be really helpful, I think, with this lesson especially. So let's go to God in prayer. Amen. Father in heaven, we are so thankful for uh, this time of worship. And God, we are grateful that you are with us always to the very end of this age, God, and then beyond, God. Thank you so much for uh, the two promises that we heard today already. Just that, God, we can do even greater things than you, God. It's one of those scriptures, it's hard to believe that one. And then the second one just that talks about life to the full. That you came to give us life in abundance, God. Help us to live that out in our lives. Help us to not settle as you didn't settle. Uh, In our lives, God, Uh, open our minds today to the scriptures, to the law of faith, and to seeing things with your type of vision, God. Not just our vision, but your vision, God. Please open our eyes so that we may see. Much like uh, Elijah's servant, God, open our eyes so that we may see that there are many more for us than against us, God. Lord, we, we, we know that, God. We know that to be true, but sometimes we don't feel that to be true. God, help us to banish all fear in 2018, Lord. Help us, God, to have faith in God, not in just ourselves, God. Help us to act, not react, Father. Lord, help us to do those things. And God, help us to have great joy and rejoice no matter what happens. All 365 days, I pray that we can rejoice Amen. because we have—we are part of uh, an amazing kingdom. But most importantly, we have a God that loves us, Amen. and that is enough. Even if none of this stuff happens, we have everything, God. Amen. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Amen guys. Well, I want to ask the ushers to hand—I got handouts. I know. Diane specifically loves handouts. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I wanted to give you a handout because I really want you to go back in your own quiet times and think about what I'm going to say today. Um, and if there's one message that I want you to, to think over, it's this one. Like don't. There's all the messages I want to, amen? You know, I hope we're not wasting our time on Sunday, amen? We're not just wasting our time listening, Uh, to something that we are hearing God's word and putting into practice Um, I I know I see a lot of us doing that amen I see a lot of us uh, doing that in our lives Um, you know it's just great to see how you've put prayer into practice you know so much so many people have prayed I mean I think we've had over 150 prayer requests at least uh, and so many have been answered I want to thank Angie again for being the prayer warrior for us amen helping us to pray uh, more, and uh, I love sending a, uh, whenever we need a prayer request, we can still send it, and that's still live, amen, that's not going to stop when 2018 happens, amen, Angie? You're not stopping, although she can delegate it to someone else if she is needing a rest. Um, Let's turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 11, Mark chapter 11. I've entitled this message, The Best Year of Your Life. Okay, now if you're a New Year's Resolution person and you're starting to shut down right now and going, oh, New Year's Resolutions, are we doing this again? I want to say this is not a message about New Year's Resolutions. Now you go, it is, it is about this. No, it's not. I don't want you to think about that. Because New Year's Resolutions are different. New Year's Resolutions are goals. What I'm saying is I want you to have the best year of your life. And that doesn't mean that you reach all your goals. Mm -hmm. That's something different. Mm -hmm. To be honest, you're not going to reach all your goals. No one ever does. I never have met a person that goes, I read all my news resolutions. Unless they said, I want to brush my teeth. And even then, I know you missed the day. Okay? Or, I just want to breathe in and out. I mean, maybe you'll get that one. Amen? Amen. But that's not even something that you're in control of. So you can't take credit for that. God does. But to be honest, I'm talking about the best year of your life. And and, and so it's more holistic than, you know, pragmatic in the sense of each, each thing you do, you check off this list. But I think we need to start somewhere. Amen. So I want you to think for a second. Just close your eyes, please. Bear with me. Bear with me. First of all, it's just nice to close our eyes, isn't it? Take a deep breath. I want you to visualize that it's December 31st, 2018. So it's been a year. And you are getting with someone close to you, a family member, a friend. And you're at a coffee shop. Maybe you're at Starbucks, or maybe if you don't like Starbucks, you're somewhere else. Um, And you're sitting down. And you are fired up. You're enthusiastic. You got energy. You're excited. And you sit down and you say, I just had the best year of my life. And, you know, when you hear someone say that, of course, you're like, well, why? Why? What What makes it the best year of life? And then you start just sharing different things that happen. happened. Different ways that you've been changed. Different things that you personally have grown in. And the person is amazed at what God's done in your life. Okay? You can open your eyes now. I want you to think about that. If you had the best year of your life, what would you share to another person about that? Because that's what's cool. When you actually think about that, that gets you thinking, doesn't it? It's a little bit more than news or delusions, because sometimes news or delusions are more guilt-driven than, than joy-driven. Amen? Right. I really need to call my, that friend of mine more. You know, I never really call him. Or, I really need to get on top of my emails. Right, that's not inspiring to me, that news or delusion. That might be inspiring to you if you send me emails, but it's not inspiring to me. Okay. You know, I go through my email spam list every day. Um, the other day it's at 11,554 and my son was like, what? That's my life, guys. It's the life of abundance, amen? Um, but you know, that's not an inspiring resolution, amen? What I'm talking about is, man, this is what happened and this is what happened. And I don't want you to judge yourself. Do you realize how much you judge yourself? Oh my goodness. You know, Freud was right about one thing. At least one thing. There are, there's the superego. There's id, and there's the ego. The id is like, let's get it. You know what I mean? And, and you don't want him to just run your life, you know, because he's a little impulsive. And then there's the superego, right, that, that is judgmental. Well, you can't do that. I mean, come on, be realistic. You know, you don't want to get prideful. You ever hear that before? Well, if you go for success, you might fall away. If it's the Lord's will, how prideful could you be to, to think you could do this great things? It's only the Lord that can decide that. Now, you guys are all quiet because you know, yeah, know that's what you say to yourself. That's what I say to myself. Well, you don't realize. I mean, let's be practical, guys. You don't want to fail. You want to be let down. You don't want to feel bad. I mean, what if you do this? What if you lose money? What if you lose time? What if people laugh at you? They're all going to laugh at you! They're all going to laugh at you! This is what happens to us. Amen? Yeah. Don't judge. I want you to write it down. You have to do this away from everyone, honestly. Because everyone's looking at you now. And, you know, you're probably self-conscious. You've got to get to a place where you're still. And you just start writing down. And I did this exercise already. I literally shut off my super ego... I shut off. I said, go to your corner and have a timeout. I'll call you back later when I need your help. We'll talk about how your superego can actually help you, right? Later. And then I said, ego, just get out of there too. Get out of here, Ed. And ego. Holy Spirit, I want you just to stand with me a little bit and spend a little time with me. And I just asked, I just, I just started imagining just putting out, what would be the best year, best year of my life? And I started writing stuff down, and it, it freaked me out a little bit, to be honest. It shocked me what came out of my mind or my heart. It was amazing. Really, it was amazing. I was, you know how you write. Now. For me, typing, I can type quick. Uh, I, I type quicker than write. So I was, you know, in that mode. and It actually took me 12 minutes to write it down, which... Not to be down on Brandon, sorry, Brandon. You, know, you know, whatever. I, I'm not trying to feel bad. I think he's counting the money now. But, you know, um, not to feel bad about that, because we all take time. But for me, it just, it came out quick, and that's always a good feeling, right? And I looked at some of these, these things, and I was like, wow, I didn't expect that to come out of me. Wow, I've been hungering for that all my life, and I haven't even really known it. A lot came out. You know, they say most people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. Amen? But if you don't reach, you never can get the 10 years that you want. So it's okay to reach, guys. It's okay to reach. And we all have different stretching uh, limitations and strengths, right? We all feel different things. We all we all can take different risks. We all can. or are all different parts of our lives. And so let God's Holy Spirit guide you in that. But I just want you to do that exercise. I think if we're going to really go after rejoicing, okay, it it, it doesn't have to do, that's our theme for 2018. We have to dream. Don't underestimate dreaming as a part of our joy. You think that, oh yeah, I just got to, no matter what, just be joyful. That's what we hear a lot, right? The circumstances don't matter. All that matters is that God loves you. And I I agree with that. I think that in your best year of your life, okay, if you're willing to do this, you also want to put challenges in it too. You know, even though I had challenges, I still stuck to this. I still was intimate with God even through the hard times. You know, that's, even more inspiring to me than, I had a quiet time every day and it was awesome, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Try to do things that are a little more holistic in this approach. than Less than, than, than just going in deep and, and going, I want, I want to weigh this much by the end of the year. I mean, that, that obviously, you can say that. But how about I want to be in the best shape of my life? Mm-hmm. That's a whole different. I can weigh something and not be in the best shape of my life. Right. <laughs> That's a more holistic thing. I got energy. I got got energy that that really is true and real. I feel healthy Mm -hmm. in my mindset, in my spiritual uh, relationship with Christ. And so I just put a couple things down here. Relationship with God, relationship with family and friends, character change, your mindset, health, career, salary. I put it down. Salary. Miracles, impact, uh, even giving. Maybe that's a goal of yours. I want to give more uh, to God and to people. Um, Creation. You know, when was the last time you created something? Mm -hmm. Now you go, what do you mean? I'm not a creator. (laughs) Actually, you are a creator. You have the image of Christ inside. You just haven't figured out what you can create yet. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of creators in this room. People that make songs. People that, you know, make knives. People that, you know, write books. Right? What are you going to create? Make boats? What are you going to create? Now, we don't want to just be busy with stuff. And I don't want this to stress you out. Because if it does stress you out, you're not getting what I'm saying. I'm saying the best year of your life. Who wants the best year of their life? Raise your hand. If you're like not raising your hand, amen. Let's talk after. I a more years down the road. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking like, when well, I'm 70, right? I'll have the best year. But every year can be the best year, right? Every year can be the best year. Because we're maturing more in Christ. So we're going to go through these steps. Because honestly, these scriptures... I'm not going to go through all these scriptures. Because I think... I just want to hit the idea of it. And then I want you to go back and look at it yourself. Look at these scriptures yourself. So let's go to Mark 11. The first thing I want to talk about with the best year of your life. You know, after you write stuff down... You have to do this exercise. Story, so you have to write it down. And you can't judge yourself. You say, super ego. go, in, go You're in time out. I want... To just flow, you know what I'm talking about when you talk about flow. You know they, they talk about rap. You know, let's flow, let's freestyle. I need you to freestyle a little bit with your dreams. When was the last time you dreamed? Maybe it's been a long time. You know, you can be young and still it's been a long time. We are taught in this world to not dream. We are taught that you are not smart enough if you, unless you go to Harvard. By the way, all most of the billionaires. Don't even finish college. Newsflash. Most of the billionaires in this world did not grow up privileged. What does that mean? It means that it's all about your faith and your desire. It comes down to that. Who stands in the way of having the best year of your life? You do. You do. I do. So I'm asking you to get out of your way and just flow and write it down. So once you do that, how are you going to see this happen? God, amen. That's the short answer, God. Amen. But you, too. You know, God cooperates with us. It's called the co-mission, amen. Not just the God's mission. It's called co-mission, the great commission. God is a cooperative God, amen. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. He cooperates with us. The first thing I think we got to have We've got to have faith in God. Second thing is we have to have no fear. Wow, that's kind of crazy to say. No fear. Now, we're going to have fear. But you can't accept it in your life. Can I get an amen on that one? You can't accept fear in your life. And the last one is you've got to act, not react. You'll be amazed how much you react in this life. I react. I react. There are some things you have to react to, right? If a car is coming at you, you got to react. But we can't make our whole life a, 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 a just a, a series of reactions. Yeah. Oh, I, I need, I'm, I'm laying on rent. Oh, no, i got to do this. i got to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. The rat race. You can't dream if you're just reacting. You have to react. Christ didn't react. He acted. If we want to be like Him, we have to act like Him. Dream like Him. Live like Him. And so, let's go to Mark chapter eleven. Go through a couple scriptures first, and then we'll talk a little bit more. Mark eleven, verse twenty-two. Forgot to grab a couple things here. In my pouch, my pouch here. Okay, here we go. Mark chapter eleven. We get there too. Verse 22, this comes out of cursing. I love it when Christ cursed this fig tree. And this is where it came out of, right? He cursed the fig tree. They were like, oh my goodness, you cursed the fig tree. Christ cursed the fig tree. Christ didn't curse. Amen? I just want you to know that Christ never did that. But he cursed it. He said, fig tree, let you never have fruit again from your tree. And it withered. And the funny part was it was during a time when they don't bear fruit. Come on, Jesus. Come on. What do you expect from a little fig tree? You know? Christ expected fruit even when it isn't even normal to have fruit. Interesting. In verse 22, the Bible reads Have faith in God. Wow. That's it. That's an extraordinary statement. That's an extraordinary statement. Don't have faith in yourself only. Have faith in God. So when you're talking about the best year of your life, if you're not having God right there in the background, you can't truly fully dream as you are intended to dream. Well, you don't understand. I've been working on this character trait all my life, and I can't overcome it. But have faith in God. Have faith in the almighty God who calls things that are not as though they were. Have faith in the God that with his voice he called the whole universe into creation when he said, let there be light. Yep. Have faith in a God who made an old man who was 100 years old have a child with a woman who was barren. Have faith in a God that split the Red Sea. Have faith in a God that used a stick to stop a huge nation of the Egyptian and Pharaoh. He used a stick. He used a stick. How much can he use you? God used a donkey. To speak to prophets. I think we're a little bit more precious to God. And capable than a donkey. Can I get an amen? Amen. You know. God uses the weak things to do great things. Why can't he use you? You have no excuses anymore to not dream. Because a donkey's jawbone did so much. Yeah. You have no excuse to not dream. You have no excuse to not have faith in a God who literally rose people from the dead. Yeah. Whose, when Elijah died, they threw him in a tomb, Elisha, and his body... Gave life to other beings that rose from the dead. That's Old Testament, guys. Are you kidding me? When Christ died, Thriller happened. And these people came back to life. Holy men. They were like, Thriller. They're like, Thriller. You know what I mean? And they're doing all this stuff. And like, this is our God. We have to dream bigger. You know, everything doesn't make sense if there's not a God that we can have faith in. Right, right. The law of faith. You know, people even in the world are starting to understand the law of faith. And it is a pet peeve of mine that someone who does not have a relationship with Christ has more faith than I do. Mm. That's not acceptable anymore in my life. Amen. We all have gifts, right? And, and maybe even these people have gifts of faith. Amen. There's a gift of faith. We have to continue to grow. Just because you have a gift of mercy doesn't mean you don't give mercy if you don't have it. Just because you don't have a gift in faith doesn't mean you don't grow in your faith. Amen? In fact, it's impossible to please God without faith. So if your goal is to please God this year, if you don't grow in your faith, you're not pleasing God. That's a statement. That came out of my mouth. It wasn't in my notes, but that came out. Faith means a lot. It means sometimes holding on. Amen? Sometimes we need just hold it holding on. Yeah. Amen. And that's sometimes what we need to do. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of faith, honestly. Yeah. It's easy to, perseverance takes a lot of faith. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, God wants us to grow in our faith. Yeah. You know, I wrote down some scriptures, Matthew nine 29. Let's go there. We're not going to go all these scriptures. Oh, wow. This is the longest point, because it's the most important point. If you have a Thomas Jane reference Bible, that's a great Bible, by the way, it's really a cool um, study. You, you, you look in the back there, tools of God, weak things that God used to do great things. And he goes through all those donkeys, jawbone, a stick, a rock, all these different things. And it just inspires me because I'm like, hey, man, if you use that thing, you can use me. You can use me. Matthew 9:29, these two blind men came and cornered Jesus and said, Have mercy on us, David, son of David. They went indoors, verse 28. The blind men came to him and he asked, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. Another phenomenal statement right here. Another phenomenal statement. Your faith dictates what happens in your life and other people's lives. Reality starts here and here before it comes out. Do you realize that? Your thoughts is the true reality of your environment. How you think about yourself, how you think about your life, how you think about the world, how you think about your God dictates what happens in this life. Wow, that's kind of crazy to think about. They wouldn't see if they didn't have faith and believed. Christ said, yes, I can heal you, but I was also in a town that had no faith and I couldn't do miracles. So hopefully you have faith because if you don't, you're not going to see. I'm saying it's part of your job, too, blind men. You have to have faith. Isn't it interesting? What if one of them had faith and the other one didn't? He was kind of tagging along. That's kind of a scary thing, huh, I can't see. Wait a second. I can't see. Sorry. According to your faith, so shall it be. Touch me again. I believe. I believe, you know. But praise God of the scripture that says all you need is a mustard seed of faith. See, that's what's encouraging to me. Because you don't have to be this monstrous as faith, the real thing. It's just a mustard seed, the smallest seeds of all. It's interesting that it's a seed. I've been reading this book, As a Man Thinketh, by James Allen. Have you ever heard of this book? This little book. Look at this little book here. Written in 1900s. I'm just going to read a couple excerpts. Of this guy... He does mention God. And there is a humanistic part of it. But I I call this the commentary on faith. Like a little bit more commentary. A little bit more expression of what Jesus was talking about when he talked about faith. Listen to some of the things he says. Mind is the master power that molds and makes. And man is mind. And evermore he takes the tools of thought. Shaping what he wills. Brings th- brings forth a thousand joys. A thousand ills. He thinks in secret and it comes to pass. Environment is but his looking glass. What this guy is saying is your environment shows you how you think. Which is kind of crazy. Now, this isn't obviously someone's abused. Someone goes through trauma. Someone, something happens that you have no control over. That's not what we're talking about we're not talking about any of that I just want to say that but I'm talking about the 99% of the other stuff that happens in your life maybe there's 5% of stuff that you can't control there's the rest of the 95% you can control and it begins in your minds the man is the master of thought the molder of character and the maker and shaper of condition, environment and destiny I just underlined some great quotes Circumstances does not make the man, it reveals him to himself. Men do not attract that which they want, but that which they are. Men are anxious to improve their circumstances, but are unwilling to improve themselves. They, therefore, remain bound. It's an awesome book. Challenges you on faith, right? I wrote Matthew 9.29 at the beginning of this book. Because that's how I'm thinking about the whole book now. It's funny how you can read books differently with just one scripture. This is one of my favorite quotes. I want to read it to you. Visions and ideals. One of my favorite chapters in this book, okay? Listen to this. The dreamers are the saviors of the world. As the visible world is sustained by invisible, so men, through all their trials and sins and sorbid vocations, are nourished by the beautiful visions of their solitary dreamers. Humanity cannot forget its dreamers. It cannot let their ideals fade and die. It lives in them. It knows them as the realities which one day we'll see and know. Composer, sculptor, painter, poet, prophet, sage. These are the makers of the afterworld. The architects of heaven. The world is beautiful because they lived. Without them, laboring humans would perish. He who cherishes a beautiful vision, a lofty ideal in his heart, will one day realize it. Columbus cherished the vision of another world and he discovered it. Copernicus fostered the vision of a multiplicity of worlds in the wider universe and he revealed it. Cherish your visions. Cherish your ideals. Cherish the music that stirs in your heart the beauty that forms in your mind, the loveliness that drapes your purest thoughts. For out of them will grow all the delightful conditions, all heavenly environment of these. If you but remain true to them, your world will be at last built as you desire it. You know, it makes me uncomfortable reading this, even at church, to be honest, because it feels humanistic. But I actually think that it's very true, but as a church, our culture Mm -hmm. and the way we think about faith needs a change. Mm -hmm. See, we think about faith as, well, if we believe and God wants us to do it, and a lot of other stuff happens, and then we really kind of get lucky, God does it. Mm -hmm. Or if it didn't happen, therefore, it's God's will that it didn't happen, even though I didn't persevere and really believe it. So therefore, maybe God doesn't want this. Now, I'm going to read James 4 that talks about don't just boast about tomorrow because we have to always keep that in our back of our minds. But we have to have faith. I wrote down three books. As a man thinketh, think and grow which, and if you think you can. These are three books about faith. They're all about faith. I want you to grow in your faith this year. I want you to stretch your faith. I want you to dream because it starts in here. Everything starts in here. Think about everything that was created, everything was made, started in a man or woman's mind. Who had more challenges than Helen Keller? Tell me who. I don't know many. But this woman changed the world because of what she thought. Even though she was had disabilities, her mind was stronger than most minds. And therefore, her reality became greater. Amen. Secondly, no fear. Amen? How we doing? Amen. How we doing? No fear. Don't no fear like N A N O A H W. No fear. Let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 2. How we doing? Hebrews chapter 2. Woo. Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to move a little quicker here. I want to spur your thinking today. Do you realize how much fear holds you back? You know, I, was, I had to do continuing education. It's funny. I was like, oh my goodness, my master's degree, my Massachusetts license, I need 22 credits. Uh oh, and it's it's New, Christmas Eve, and I have till the thirty first. Oh. <laughs> Somebody's in trouble, right? So I'm searching the internet, and I find out I need ten live. I need eleven and live hours. It's called, which means you have to actually interact with somebody, and then you can do eleven other hours that are like, you know, online study. And I'm like, I'm dead. I no longer am a counselor in Massachusetts. Oh, well. There's a lot of counselors in there anyways. Whatever. So my mother was just looking at me like, what are you doing, right? So I said, no, no, I got to keep it. I actually have clients in Massachusetts that I'm seeing right now. So it would be kind of messed up to go, I can't see you anymore. I'm sorry. Why? I just wasn't on my stuff. (laughs) Sorry. So I searched the internet and I found out you can do these live webinars and they count in Massachusetts. And so I did... 12 hours worth of webinars. Amen. And I learned a lot. You know, like in like 48 hours. You know, like the Matrix. I know Kung Fu. You know what I mean? I was like, I learned about, and the whole thing was anxiety, depression, mood order, mood disorders, and, and, and DSM-4 diagnoses. Personality so I learned a lot. A lot of it was review. I got hundreds on all the tests. Amen? That's great. I passed. I got my credits. But the best thing that came out of it for me was what this woman who didn't even believe in God said. All mental illness, all ailments, all heart disease, cardiovascular, you know, obviously, cardiovascular, neurological disease, cancer, it all stems from fear. The research points to one word fear as the ailments of all mankind. I was like, whoa, that was worth the 12 hours. If you go to, you know, anyone that has anxiety, it comes back to a fear. Locate the fear and you'll help the person. Right? Here's another thing I learned. A lot of people think, well, it's my environment that's causing me to fear. It's my environment that's causing this, these, these, these problems, right? And there's a lot of research on that, too. This is what the research found. 50% of how you are predispositioned is your genetics. You go, okay, well, that's not good news. What if I got bad genes? <laughs> Truth is, we all have bad genes in some form or fashion. We all have weaknesses and we all have strengths. I got big calves. Is that a weakness or a strength? I don't know. I don't even know. It's, it sometimes is both, right, at the same time. Um, but we all have genetics that cause different things. Some of us are more pessimistic by nature. Some of us are more optimistic, right? That's something we're out of control. Well, the rest, most of it then, is your thoughts. Almost 50% is your thoughts. 40% of how you live after that is by your thoughts, how you think. And 10% is environment. So a lot of times we think environment is what causes all this. It's my boss. It's my job. It's my life. And God says, no, it's not. It's your thoughts. It's your thoughts. They actually believe you can change your genes. Actually, with food and with different things, you can actually change the way your genes react to things. That's the new research out there gene changing. In your own life. Crazy stuff. Learning a lot, right? want to share that with you. But what does this have to do with fear? Well, where does fear come from? Hebrews 2 says the fear comes from devil. Verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And free those who, that's us guys, All their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. What is? Why do we sin, guys? If you're going to get down to it, we fear. We sin because we fear. What does an addict do? An addict goes, man, I just, I can't cope. What's going to happen if I just deal with my feelings? (laughs) Let me use... If you think of every sin that we do, it's all because of fear. You never fit sin out of faith, and you never sin because of, "Hey, this is a good idea. This is going to help my life." Right. You fear, you fear, and therefore you sin. Mm-hmm. What happens right when the, the, they ate the fruit? Mm-hmm. They were afraid that they were going to lose out on knowledge, right. and so they ate the apple. Then they were afraid that they were naked, and they hid. Notice, the first thing man did when they fell was fear. Christ came that we might banish all fear through His love. 1 John four eighteen right? His perfect love drives out fear. Right. Amen. Fear are like hornets in your house. You have to be ruthless with hornets. Amen? Amen? I had hornets in my house. You know, I used to have them. Don't you hate when they just get in the screen there? and you just set it up, and you're just watching them make their home, and you're like, man, look at them. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you deal with it. And the only way you can do it is you've got to get hardcore with those, those hornets. You have no mercy on them. You take both sprays out, you're like, bzz, bzz, bzz. you know what I mean? Like, amen, those are God's creation, and amen, maybe they have just as much right to be there than I do. But I'm not Buddhist, amen? So they need to go. Because I have children I'm protecting, right? So I am, boom, I'm killing those. I'm killing those things, man. Fear is like hornets. They keep coming back. You realize they keep coming back. They attack you and they keep on building. Unless we're ruthless with our fears. We attack them with scripture. We attack them. We don't accept fear in our life, amen? Amen. There are over a hundred scriptures in the Bible that say, don't fear. Fear not. Isn't that crazy? There's over a thousand scriptures about overcoming our fears in the Bible. And Christ came to take away our fears. Amen? Amen. How does fear impact having the best year of our life? Everything. Yeah. See, even now you're fearing. <sighs> <laughs> I had I was gonna watch that Netflix series and now Glenn wants me to get wicked deep right now before I have to have a long work week. Maybe you're thinking that, maybe you're not. I don't even have a Netflix subscription, bro. What are you talking about? But I'm saying you have to banish all fear. When you recognize it, you have to banish it. You have to banish it. I think this has a lot to do with you standing in your way. You're the reason why you don't have a great life. You're the reason why your career isn't where you want it to be. You're the reason. You know that scripture, you know that song, If I Don't Get to Heaven. (laughs) Nobody's, nobody's. Nobody's fault, but mine. That's the truth in life. You have to take responsibility for your life and for your fears. What are some of the fears we have? Well, fear of failure. Well, you already failed if you didn't try. Fear you don't have the great plan. Guess what? Imperfect plans work just as good as perfect plans. They work better because you act. What if I waste my time? You'll never waste your time fulfilling a dream. Right? So many fears. I want you to recognize your fears and then like the hornet's nest. Both, double guns. I got a a nice little, um, you know, broom with with everyone's head on it. Hey, this is for you, man, you know. I one time hit a hornet's nest and it just went out of my house. It was like the most efficient I didn't even have to spray anything. I just was like, it's going, it's going. then it fell into the street and I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Then it just like went crazy. They're all mad. And then I think a car ran over. I was like, yeah! What's up, hornets? You're like, wow, oh, this minister is a killer. Truth is, you got to do it to your fear. you got to do it to your fear. All right, lastly, guys, thank you for bearing with me. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. I was with you until you killed those hornets. Act, don't react. Act, don't react. Oh, that makes sense. Does it make sense? How much do you react in life? What's your first hour of the day like? Is it reacting? What do you do before you go to bed? Well, I usually drift off to oblivion and think, oh man, I gotta go to work tomorrow. I should have went to bed early. Man, I shouldn't have watched that. Netflix crown series. Man, the queen is not that important, right? You know? I realize I know nothing about British culture at all, or history. I'm like, what is that? What is that? What is... It's like a whole new world for me. I realize how stupid I am about the world history. Why, is, why isn't he the king? You know, I mean, you're like all messed up, right? Act, don't react. Act, don't react. Mark 1, Jesus was a man who acted and didn't react, didn't he? He lived an amazing, impactful life. Mark 1, starting in verse 35, we know this scripture. Very early in the morning. Sometimes I don't like that. Very, very early in the morning. That's all relative, amen? Very early in the morning. College students, what's very early in the morning? Nine o'clock? What's very early in the morning? Adults? No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. You guys are, we guys are adults. Sort of. Um, we all relative. now you guys stay up late and do homework. Some of you guys wake up real early. Some of you guys are non-traditional students. But, thinking about life like that, Jesus, wherever you wake up, whatever your alarm clocks come off, let's read the scripture. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions would look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So they traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. I don't want to talk necessarily about our quiet times, although that is a huge part of what we're talking about here. And this is inspiring. That What I want to talk about was Jesus' focus out of this quiet time. The urgent came, didn't it? And these were good things. Good things. Like, everyone's looking for you. They want to say thank you. Someone's got a care package for you, Jesus, for healing their son. You know, all these different people wanted to see. And he's like, I got to go. I have a purpose in life that's greater than just reacting. I'm going to this other village. That's why I've come. Jesus knew what he needed to do. I put this in here. What's your definite purpose? And I think this has a lot to do with the best year of your life. And you go, what's a definite purpose? Well, it's been talked about a lot. Some of the Napoleon Hill talked about having definite a purpose, a definite aim in life. People die and don't even know why they live. Do you realize that? Yes. Yeah. Go, yeah. Patriots. I mean, maybe that's one of your roles. But not that's not your whole role, amen. Right, yeah. Don't get donuts. You know what I mean? It's like you know, it's like, come on. <laughs> and I'm joking about it, but there's millions and billions of people that live like that. What's your definite purpose in life? Crickets. I don't even know. How could you even know that? God wants you to know that. Amen. What is definite purpose? A specific statement which has the power to influence your subconscious mind. Your burning desire that will turn, will force you to take daily action that moves you toward attaining a goal. Subconscious. I don't know if you guys are into that. That's psycho babble mumbo jumbo stuff. God made us beautifully and wonderfully made. And there's a part of us that we're not even aware of that drives everything we do. It is. It's the subconscious. And you can train that subconscious mind to do great things. But you have to work it. Amen? And one of the ways you work it is to find a definite purpose. Set your mind on a different goal or purpose. And this is a lifetime purpose. And observe how quickly the world stands aside to let you pass. That is an awesome quote right there. What's your definite purpose? You might have crickets right now. I had crickets last year about that. Basically, a year ago, I don't want to talk too much about this, but I was vacuuming every day for a certain critter reason in my house. And I was changing sheets and going to the laundromat a lot. I don't want to talk about it too much, but life was stinky at that time because all my life was cleaning right now. We had to do this for two weeks. Clean the house, clean the house, clean the house. Check, check, clean the house, clean the house. We don't have to talk about it anymore. But it was miserable. And I got into audiobooks at that point, and I put in Think and Grow Rich, and I put it on while I vacuumed. And I thank God for that creative problem. Maybe a different way could have been expressed. Maybe a different way we could have found that out. But I listened to this book, Think and Grow Rich, and I realized I got my definite purpose in life. You go, well, Glenn, you're an evangelist. You're, you, you. That doesn't mean I have a definite purpose. You know, we're more than just what we do for a job. And I realized what my definite purpose was at that time. And I defined it. How do you find your definite purpose? I, de- I determined specific desire. Established the an end date. Determined the price. Made an imperfect plan. Amen. That's my, my favorite step right there. <laughs> Because you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Write a concise statement. Read your definite purpose twice a day. I've been doing that. I've been thinking about it every single day. Before I go to bed and when I wake up. My definite purpose is to see God's face and bring billions with me. That's my definite purpose. Now you go, oh, okay. How are you going to do that, Glenn? Well, we can talk about that after. But I did put down specific things that I'm going to do with God's help. Amen. Maybe that overwhelms you. It kind of overwhelms me. But if i want to be honest with myself, that's, what I, that's what's inside my heart. Yeah. And I can't deny that anymore. I'm not going to fear saying that publicly anymore. Amen. It helps me to say it. Amen. Helps us to say it. How are you going to do that? You know what? I have a very imperfect plan. It's a wacky, crazy, out of the box, not always welcomed by many. People look at me funny, but it's an imperfect plan and God is doing stuff right now. It's a year ago and already I see God's creation stepping aside. And all it takes is just that definite purpose. I want to end with Bruce Lee, amen? Amen. Bruce Lee! Woohoo! Don't you love Bruce Lee? Who loves Bruce Lee? I love Bruce Lee, man. He's awesome. He's a wicked intense dude, by the way. He's wicked intense. And I love that he's Chinese, right? He wrote in 1969... um, He wrote this down. He he actually read Thinking Grow Rich, and he put my chief indefinite aim, okay? And I'll read it for you. I, Bruce Lee, will be the first highest paid Oriental, he said Oriental. That's not politically correct. No. Oriental superstar in the United States. That's what he said. In return, I will give the most exciting performances and render the best quality and capacity of an actor, starting 1970, I will achieve world fame, and from onward till the end of 1980, I will have in my possession $10 million. I'll live the way I please and achieve inner harmony and happiness. Okay, and at this time, in 1969, he just had a second kid, and he was a nobody. A nobody. Okay? Not known. Imagine just coming as an immigrant here in 1970, and saying, I want to do karate movies in America. That's a crazy, imperfect plan, by the way. Mm-hmm. But the universe stepped aside for this man that didn't even believe in Christ. Mm-hmm. And gave him all that he wanted. Mm-hmm. The crazy part is, he underestimated himself. <laughs> he said it was going to take 10 years, right? Yeah. 1980, to get the 10 million dollars. 1973, he died. 1973, he died. And his wealth was $20 million. Isn't that crazy? Now, it's sad the way he died, but man, he lived probably more fuller in those three years than most people lived. Because he was going after a definite (laughs) purpose. Now, when you look at this definite purpose, it's a little selfish, amen? Let's get real. I will have my possession, $10 million. And you think, oh, he's going to give the poor. He's going to help people. He's like, I will render good service. I will render. He used the word render because that's what Napoleon Hill said a lot. Render useful service. If you render enough useful service to people, the world will give you as much as you want. Right? He said, I will live the way I please. And achieve inner harmony and peace. And I'm sure he did some good things for people. But as disciples, don't we have a bigger responsibility yeah. to live greater? Guys, if Bruce Lee, who, he's not, he doesn't even know Christ. He's not doing it for a greater purpose. Right. If he could have the definite aim and achieve that, you'll be surprised how underestimate you'll underestimate things you know he did it in 3 years you know he passed away and i want to end in james chapter 4 amen i know this is a longer sermon i'm sorry thank you noah James chapter 4, it says, verse 13, and I want to end with this because we need to stay humble, amen? Yeah. amen. Now listen, you who say tomorrow or today we will go to this city or that city, spend a year, here, carry on business, and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And said you ought to say, "If it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this and that." As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do, doesn't do it, it is sin for them. See, Satan can even use this scripture to stop you from dreaming. What's the heart of this scripture? Have humility. Doesn't God say, "Test me? Know what the Lord's will test me in this. Let God decide your tomorrow. And what I mean by that is, a lot of people go, well, I got false motives and I can't really even figure it out until I know what's really in my heart. Hogwash. You're always going to have messed up motives. You're always going to have messed up intentions. You're always going to be selfish. There's a part of you that is like that. Accept it. And let God work it out. Be ambitious. Get a definite purpose. And let God tell you, no, 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 that's not what I meant for your life. But I don't want God, at the end, to say, Glenn, come in, good and faithful servant. And to say to me, Glenn, I wish you dreamed more. Mm -hmm. Because you did some great things, but you could have even done greater. He's not going to say that about me. And let him not be saying that about you. Amen. Amen.